وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَى آمَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْا لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه ومن تبعهم باحسان الى يوم الدين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله حياكم الله brothers and brothers and sisters listening online welcome to our live session of the barakah effect podcast once again on our series of episodes treasures from quran Uh, this series treasures from Quran is basically a tadabbur session where each of us from the team at the Barakah Effect we choose our own personal selection of surah or several ayat from the Quran and we share our own reflections personal lessons wisdom and gems that we've obtained from it and we share them with you inshallah all in our attempt at bringing us together towards building an appreciation and love for the Quran as well as as well as strengthening our relationship with the book of Allah throughout the month of Ramadan in which the Quran was revealed. So this weekend is a special edition session where we have double episodes. Yeah, mashallah. First time we've ever done two live sessions back to back. Mashallah. Well done. Alhamdulillah. Huh? Yeah, we've come a long way from the days where one live session was something to be dreadful about. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> exactly. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So Allah made us grow one step further inshallah. Yeah? Alhamdulillah. Nikmat. It's a nikmat. Yeah? Yes, yes, yes. Nikmat. Yes, yes. <laughs> which will be questioned for as this surah will tell you uh, towards the end yeah mashallah <laughs> mashallah <laughs> so alhamdulillah for this session in the the third of our series this year treasures from quran we're going to share some thoughts on surah at-takathur which is surah number 102 yeah 102 so for those of you who have just joined us live welcome ahla wa sahlan thank you for spending time with us today do share your thoughts or your comments maybe if you have some Really unique insights in this surah, Surah At-Takathur. And do share with us as well, what is your favorite surah? You know, we have two more sessions coming up and perhaps maybe one of us will be sharing what could be your favorite surah, inshallah. So without further delay, let's hand it over to Brother Reza on Surah At-Takathur. So share with us, Brother Reza, why did you choose this surah? Tafadol akhi. Jazakallah khairan. Bismillah, alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. So Alhamdulillah, today uh, I have chosen the Surah At-Takathur. And the reason why I chose this Surah is actually it's one of my go-to Surah during uh, the Salah, you know, because it's, it's short verses. And you might hear this Surah recited in the local masajid during the daily prayers because it's quite a short Surah. And even perhaps this Surah is one of the first ones that we memorize on our memorization journey. As uh, Brother Faisal mentioned yesterday that his, his son was... Uh, memorized it since he was three. MashaAllah. Barakallah fikum. And also this surah, because it's this surah is very relatable to each and every one of us. And it's my favorite because, one of my favorites, not because only of its conciseness, but also the message that it carries. It has very sharp reminders, which if we truly reflect upon the meanings, can really soften our hearts and um, keep us grounded and humble. And... It's like a reality check, you know, um, like a wake-up call. Uh, it feels like the verses are directly talking to you and asking you the question, where are you going with your life and what are you doing with your life? Because if you really think about it, brothers and sisters, we are actually nothing but a number of days and every moment counts. As we discovered last week, in last week's Tadabur session when Brother Amir mentioned, which is really profound, 
that we live in this dunya 50, 60, 70, maybe 100 years, but the day of judgment for some will be around 50,000 years. So, mashallah, the preparation time is very little, while the exam time is very long. It's a very long journey. You know? So, so mm. subhanallah, if we just re reflect on that, then we know that each and every moment in this dunya that we have, if we are able to do things, it counts for the akhirah, inshallah. But, you know, our problem is really that we are so distracted and we spend most of our time not according to what we should spend to, you know? What I mean is that we spend a lot of time worrying about trivial matters, the matters of the dunya, and we get so easily distracted in our everyday matters that sometimes we get so distracted and away from the remembrance of Allah. And that's why we need that constant reminder. And so this surah, when we recite it and reflect on it, it really gives you a, a uh, point of reference, so to speak. So, alhamdulillah. And um, so this surah, as Brother Faisal mentioned, it's uh, the 102nd surah of the Quran in the final juice of the Quran, Juz Amma, which is mostly consisting of the shorter surahs and very um, sharp reminders about the Day of Judgment. So yesterday we discussed the differentiation of the Makki and Madani surah. So anyone would like to guess this surah is uh, a Makki or a Madani surah based on the contents and its uh, length and the context. So it's Makki surah. Maki. Is it yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a Makki surah. It's a surah that is a very strong reminder of the day of judgment. And the difference is a lot of, the, a lot of it is because um, it was to build the companions iman so that whatever they receive the, of the Sharia later, it's something that will be easy for them to implement. Then they will have no questions because their iman is already established. So this is why the, the differentiation, main differentiation between Maki and Madani Surah. And as we said yesterday, it's consistent with the theme of Quran. Of, uh, Actually, there's one more slight detail, isn't it, that makes it Maki. It's like uh, some of the, even these verses and this surah, there's like a challenge to the Quraysh, to the disbelievers. Ah, yes, yes, exactly. Right. So that's another characteristic of Maki Surah compared to Madani Surah. There's a lot of like, um, how to say, uh, like like that... Uh, Provoking thought, provoking Correct. words from Allah, right? Okay, you uh, you Correct. prove this. Uh, you you will know. You will know. So that's what yeah. the surah is, has one of the themes, right? Yeah, and we will we will see later in one of the verses that this is a dis, dis reputation to the the Quraysh of Makkah, how Allah mm. puts certain words to, which is very subtle, but it's a refutation for the people of uh, the Quraysh of Makkah. So, mm. mashallah. This is an amazing surah and consistent with the general theme of the Quran is uh, reward and admonition. Al-Targib, Al-Targib, as mentioned by Brother Shahmi in the Tadabur of Surah Al-Insan yesterday, whereby sometimes Allah motivates us with glad tidings and sometimes Allah motivates us with warnings. So this surah is mostly to do with uh, admonition or warning. So without further ado, just wanted to go into the surah straight away. Uh, Allah mentions in the first ayah, the meaning to that is the mutual competition in piling up the good things of this world distracts you. So in our common understanding, let's say in pop public and uh, popular culture, it's called the red race, right? Uh, the race whereby uh, everyone is competing with each other, boasting with each other to, to show that 
oh, I have the better possession than you. Like I'm more superior than you. And therefore we strive and we expand all our efforts to that. And my, my dad's Yogi. better than your dad. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> <Mashallah>. <laughs> yeah. And atakatur here, in the linguistic sense, it means it comes from the root word of kathir, which is many, you know, many. So it mm. means the competition to increase. So atakatur. And you see, as human beings, we have an inherent nature that we always want more and more and more, and we are never satisfied. You know, which some might argue that it's a good thing because that gives us the drive and the motivation and the determination to achieve more and more and to challenge ourselves uh, continuously, right? But here's the catch. That really depends on where we place our ambitions on. Is it the dunya that we are longing for or is it the akhirah that we're longing for? As uh, Sheikh Asadi mentioned mentions in his famous tafsir, Atakathur entails hoarding all types of worldly possessions that people accumulate, such as money, children, status, and with the intention to boast. So there, there's the key there. The intention mm. to boast, not for intention the sake of Allah. Yeah. So perhaps we can ask this question to ourselves. What is our ambition, brothers and sisters? You know, if we ask most people, I guess most will say that they want to be someone significant, someone important, be someone famous or make a lasting change in this world or have X and X amount of money by such and such age. And some people will say like, oh, that's the new release of the iPhone. I have have to have it, you know, got to have the latest gadgets. Or you right. see a beautiful car on the street, a Ferrari, a Ferrari, mashallah. You know, you say to yourself, just wait till the time that I will get one of those and people will know, you know. So <laughs> For the ladies, it's Tudong, huh? Tudong is oh, a big Tudong. deal. Huh? Okay. Tudong uh, and handbags. Yeah, and the, the headscarf. Yeah. Uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> limited editions will sell like hotcakes. All right. And then, inshallah. <laughs> then you sell the same one again in, in like one month's time, nobody wants to buy it anymore. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, li- it's not... literally like a red race. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the latest anymore, right? So. <laughs> well, not comment too much on this. This is not our territory. Yep. Just okay. Not our territory. <laughs> we, we, just, we 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 just we just stick to the cars, eh? yeah, <laughs> Stick to the cars, the iPhones, the PlayStations. Okay, that's that's our that's okay. our game. Yeah. Okay. We, we don't deny there are lady engineers out there who's actually very good in in, in repairing cars. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mashallah. So yeah, that's it. Basically, but it can be it, it can be a yeah. lot of things as well, uh, like status. Mm. You know, like even career. Sometimes Correct. people do it if you don't do it for the sake of Allah. It's doing it for the prestige, right? I want to Correct. retire as a VP, right? I want to be a yes. CEO so that, you know, people will know me as that. But it can be very subtle things as well. You know, like, for example, how parents, sometimes they com- compare the achievements of their children. Have you, yes. you hear this a lot? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, oh, that's right. Anna, that's right. Anna, I engineer. And I know mm. Anna, I, you don't know Anna, I, you know. You know? <laughs> these are, these are like forms of... For Cambridge, for Cambridge system. Oh, you, you're just doing the national system. Oh, right. Oh. Cambridge, uh, Cambridge, uh, okay lagi. Anna, I, you oh, yeah. uh. <laughs> They've got a term for that, you know. Humble, humble bragging. Humble bragging. Humble bragging. Yeah. Yeah. Humble break <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> yeah, these are all actually atakathuri. That, that's why sometimes the words of the Quran, uh, it, it sounds very formal, but if you actually translate it to day-to-day stuff, actually it's very relatable to things that it, it happens all the time. Regular conversations, water cooler yeah. talk, you know, we're like just, mm-hmm. just talking over meals, over iftar. Mm-hmm. Actually, sometimes it's very subtle, it's actually there. So I think these kind of examples are there just to like 
to trigger us lah. You know, maybe do we do this or not? Yeah, sometimes we even don't realize, right? Sometimes we don't realize we are doing it. Yes, yes, yes. The, the humble bragging, yeah. Humble bragging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this, 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 uh, I have so much contract to handle. I, I handle millions of, of contracts. Ah. It's burdening <laughs> me, man. Yeah. You, we, we, you we, actually we, complain. <laughs> you complain about it, but actually, it's to show off, yeah. Yeah. But what like about the, the definition by by uh, uh, Saidi just now? Because he mentioned mm. like wealth, family, mm. right? Yes. So yes. this, this in in essence, these are not things which are haram, right? These are things right. are, are, are good. Correct. Yeah. Right. You you want it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you right. have like what brother Faisal, there's a red uh, prestige to it. You boast about it. There's a red race going about it until you fully occupy. Until you become people who are riflah, who are completely you you become like uh, uh in Malay it's called lalai. It's like uh, what's yeah. the proper English term for that? Yeah. Yeah. He distracted. Riflah. Mm. Distracted. Huh? Distracted. Yep. And that's yeah. that's the problem comes in. And, and also mm. some scholars they also include this attackers to one things as well is knowledge even religious knowledge ah, okay okay even oh, you start on the race. basis of 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 uh, learning din for akhirat but soon... yeah i guess it all comes back yeah. to your reason of doing it right yeah on on that note maybe may i add something i recently yeah, came across about the the core human drives have have has anyone came across that term? core human drives okay Yeah, okay. uh, I recently uh, re- re- uh, read uh, this book called The Personal MBA, which is very interesting. Um, uh, personal MBA, one yeah? Chapter. yeah, personal MBA. So, uh, in one of the chapters, they say that um, all humans have this this uh, this list of things called the core human drives. All of them, because they, uh, you know, the, the the psychologists who work in um, various universities such as Harvard, they found out that. Actually, human have um, like four to five uh, core human drives, and the first and the most basic is the drive to acquire something. So everyone mm. has that acquire okay. either okay. material things or immaterial things. Immaterial things, material, uh, materialistic things. We all know like money, cars, yeah. PlayStation, mm. or tudong, like you said right just now. Immaterial, yes. immaterial. <laughs> We're not gonna go there again next time. <laughs> immaterial things are things like status. Like um, mm-hmm. you know, aku lebih bagus you know, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. So these things lah. Yeah. And yeah. one of the drives actually is the drive to seek knowledge as well. So like my brother Ame mentions. So, subhanallah, these are the things that the the, the Westerners, the the scholars, they found out. And subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa taala has already talked about this in the in the Quran, like 1,400 years ago. It's just yeah. something interesting mm-hmm. for me, mashallah. Yeah, yeah, I mean like because like, like yeah. even on things which are beneficial, if you do it excessively with the pro- wrong intentions, all it, it's a Allah reproach you for that. Yeah, imagine the things yes. which are not beneficial to to, to in life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Collect, collecting toys, excessive, all this uh, unnecessary stuff. Yeah. 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 Subhanallah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, actually, we... just uh, just what, sorry, uh, if I may add, uh, what what Shami said oh, triggered something in me. Uh, you know how the Arabs they used to boast about who's more generous. So on paper, mm-hmm. generosity is always great, right? But they yep. do it just to boost their tribal superiority. So yes. that's that intention is already wrong. Even though on paper, like it looks, oh, mashallah, this guy, you know, is very uh, hospitable. But ah, uh, yep. there you go, you know, it's actually yeah, attacker. Yeah, yeah. Attacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all these things. Oh, All that these boils things, down yes. to your intention, right? Your intention, correct? Like, yeah. Whether you do it for the, the sake of Allah or uh, you do it for the sake of others, 
And you know, yeah. if we really reflect on our ambitions, typical ambitions, right? I'm saying, um, we are actually aiming for such low goals, you know, because we tend to seek and strive to our maximum effort, the maximum in the dunya. But when we aim for the akhirah, we aim like low, you know, like cukup makan like that, you know. But if you want to do a quick check on this, do a quick check on this, check your dua list. If you, you prioritize things of the dunya more than the akhirah, yeah, this is something that we have to adjust, inshallah. Yeah, mm. so, so as Brother yeah, Shami mentioned just now that Allah, uh, we are created with those inherent characteristics because Allah created us that way and Allah created us and knows the minute details and inherent nature of all of the nature of us humans and therefore it's more than we know ourselves. And that's why he continually reminds us in the Quran time and time again of these characteristics and how to overcome them. And, you know, as, as Rasulullah sallam mentioned in uh, Bukhari, collected in Bukhari, if the son of Adam were to given a valley full of gold, he would love a second one and a third one, you know, until his belly, until he reaches the, the grace, basically. And in another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that the fitnah for his ummah is wealth, and that is collected in At-Tirmidhi. And so it becomes our dream to make it to the top. You know, to our minds become occupied and transfixed to striving to obtain all these nice material possessions. So much so that we have intense competition and jealousy with each other, and we dedicate all our working hours just to achieve that purpose. You know, so when we come across this ayah. Next time you come across this ayah, reflect on it. How many hours a day are we spending on attakathur? So take stock of that. Yeah. Some of us go to work before sunrise and come back after sunset. And yes, we most definitely need to work to support ourselves and our family. But the question is, does, does our job distract us from the remembrance of Allah? You know, do we find our jobs more pleasing than the salah? Like, do we, de uh, do we delay our salah to the last possible moment just because you are in the zone in your work? Or worse still, like, do you not even pray because there's a meeting that you cannot get out of? So these are things that are attakathur, the ones that distract you from the remembrance of Allah and the obedience of Allah, which is the real purpose of creation. And also, if we reflect really on attakathur right we found that attakathur here is really the root cause of every raswah every bribe every jealousy sihir cheating in wealth and business because of why because love of the dunya and ignorance of the hereafter we want things that we like a quick fix of the things that we want to attain here in the dunya we want the, the most here in the dunya and we and sometimes people go through it in um ways that are displeasing to Allah. And so this is something that is also a point of reflection. The bad deeds of this dunya in regards to all these things, collection of all this wealth, is also the root cause is attakathur. And by the way, it's not haram to own nice things because Rasulullah mentioned that in Allah jamilun yuhibbul jamal. Verily Allah loves Allah is beautiful and he loves beauty. And Allah loves to see his blessings on us. You know, if he grants us risk, he loves to see us wear the best clothes. He loves to see us have the best possessions. And even many of the Sahaba, they are also wealthy as well. And But the question here is really, again, uh, is the wealth in your hearts or in your hands, right? 
And the differentiator is that does the wealth bring you closer to Allah or distract you away from Allah? So that's the, the big question we, we always have to continually ask ourselves time and time again throughout our lives. And Rasulullah Wasallam mentioned that um, what is the actual wealth that you really own? One day, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he specifically uh, recited this surah, Surah At-Takathur to the Sahaba. And after that, he was, after he was reading the surah, he commented on, on uh, this surah. He said, the, uh, Bani Adam, he said, Bani Adam says, oh, my wealth, my wealth. But does Bani Adam know what wealth does he, he truly own? Is it except that what you eat and it becomes consumed, meaning that what you eat becomes, you know, dirt, you know, and what you wear, it becomes, it, it wears out or what you give in charity and it remains with Allah. So this is a question that we always need to ask ourselves. What is the true wealth that we own? Is it um, something that will be preserved for us in the next life or something that we will consume here it will be very nice but at, at the same time it will not it will wear out and will not benefit us you know so so this is something that we also need to think about and then allah mo moves on to the next ayah hatta zurtumul maqabir yeah sorry, uh, sorry cut you. so brothers and sisters yeah. uh we're seeing a bit of choppiness and interruption on our end so if you're seeing it on your side as well please drew drop us a comment i'm not we're not sure if it's coming from just a few of us so everyone's experiencing this uh, okay uh, okay yeah so please please uh, mm -hmm. do let us know inshallah yeah that would, uh, yeah would, just uh, be a good way for the comments there maybe you can let us know in the comments yeah, it's time to break yeah. the silence. We'd love to yes. hear from you, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of things I want to add uh, as well, brother, is that before we move to the next ayah, if I may. Um, so I just want to add a bit about this, this term called high aspirations. So we talked about this before in some of our previous episodes, right? Rulu wal himmah, having high aspirations, right? So even yeah. if you think about the motivational and inspirational speakers today, right? The so-called success gurus of today, right? Who don't have that religious aspect in mind, who talk about the secular aspect. They always talk about the emphasis of aiming high, right? Having high aspirations, you know, being ambitious, right? But yeah. if you really boil down to what they are talking about, what their definition of high aspirations, it really boils down to things like what normally? Money. Right? Yeah, well, money, wealth, right? Career, right? Huge Even mentions. Promotion. Yeah. Yes. Promotion, promotion, right? Yeah. And we don't doubt that some of them also talk about serving, uh, like, you know, like charity in that sense, you know, like serving yeah. people. But actually, when we look at it from a perspective of Islam, all of these things, no matter how high these aspirations might seem to humans, if they are not done for the sake of Allah, then they are done for the sake of dunya. So the way Islam looks at all these aspirations, even if they're like super high, right, the highest it can be, CEO, king, whatever you want to ambitions is, right, that's still considered very low aspiration actually from Islam perspective. Yes. Right? Mm. So, yes that's right. So we have to like re rethink our paradigm, you know. The real high aspirations is the akhirah, right? The one that's better and lasting, right? Right? The akhirah is better and more lasting. Uh, more lasting this may yes. or may not be one of the surah that we'll be discussing in the future. <laughs> right? Spoiler alert for, the, for those who are sharp. Eh? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the point is uh, at the end of the day, like you, you talk about all these high expressions on dunya, Islam, Islam says, ah, these are all, you know, actually very, mm. very petty, right? So yes, yes. I find that very like refreshing like, from a point of view of Muslim. I think yeah. Reza also mentioned, right, like when you're always doing this, like when you're always seeking like the, the, the worldly wealth, 
for the intention of hoarding. Actually, your heart is just never feeling at rest. It's always like ah, you just you just feel like wanting mm, more, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm, Actually, more, okay. more, yeah. now if you think about it, the the sincere Muslim also has that kind of desire for amal saleh, right? You always feel like oh, I want to do more, right? I want to do more amal. I feel like it's not enough, right? Mm, But yes. it's a different kind of feeling, you know. It's a, because when it comes to amal saleh, at the end of the day, you have the iman and you have that. Trust in Allah that Allah knows Allah will forgive you. Allah Allah knows that you try your best. You know you 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 have a lot of peace of mind at the end of the day. But when it comes to wealth, hmm. like there's a lot of things that affects your wealth, right? Somebody might snatch your your credit that you do for your job. You yeah. cannot. That's yeah. beyond your control, right? And then yeah, the market might yeah. change. Market might crash. So that's beyond your control. That's that's very stressful, man. But you know yes. when it comes to the deen, la yukallifullahu nafsan illa usaha. Mashallah, that's like so much Allah. peace of mind, right? So yeah. you still have that drive, that hunger, that thirst to do more, but you also have that peace of mind in iman. You know, so it's totally different yeah. kind of uh, uh, like uh, hunger. You know. Yeah, mashallah, mashallah. Yeah. And then one more thing, I just want to add. I just learned of this hadith. Um, this hadith is narrated by uh, Imam Ahmad and also and, and others, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "Ni'mal malu, ni'mal malu salih." Have you heard this hadith? That the best of wealth, the best of wealth that is good, is actually for the good man. Have you heard this hadith before? So what mm. this is saying is, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, very interesting hadith. What this is saying is, if that that wealth is good, and that and that good wealth, let's say, Alhamdulillah, Islam doesn't restrict you from being wealthy. In fact, actually, Islam needs more yeah. wealthy, righteous Muslims, right? So mm. if that that good wealth goes into the hands of a righteous person, you can yeah, be rest assured that wealth will be used for something good. Right, so if yeah, a person mashallah. is a solid person, mashallah, you you you're using that wealth. It's not used for hoarding. You think about, oh, how can ben- I benefit the ummah? How I can invest in maybe a dawah project, maybe a masjid, maybe a charity. You know, like ah, this yes. is what you want, yes. right? So this is yes. the increase that you want, not increase for like personal uh, glory and personal uh, gratification. Yeah, so yeah, just just a bit of perspective. So uh, because we don't want to also listeners to come out from this and say, oh, okay lah, after this ah. Uh, Do want to aim high? No, no. By all means, yeah, you know, yeah, you, no. yeah, yeah. Go, go, This is not for, the meaning of it, right? Yeah. Ah, that's not the meaning of it. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, make, your, make sure your heart is in the right place. Correct. Can yes. I just touch a bit on that? I, I just read to this. Ibn Asaki called it. Uh, mentioned this, this poem. Yeah, Talk, talking about the reality of wealth. Yeah. So that wealth, if you do, if you hoard it, if you don't spend it in the path of, of Allah, you are owned by the wealth. Mm. By the moment you spend mm. it in the path of Allah, then you actually own the wealth. So that, mm. that's the reality. Oh, okay. very interesting perspective, mashallah. Okay, alhamdulillah. Anyone else uh, have any further comments before we move on to the next uh, verse? Okay, inshallah. Inshallah. Next, next, uh, next. So in the second ayah, Allah mentions hatta zurtumul maqabir. So the common translation to that is until you end up in the graves, and. Actually, the the common translation is missing something um, from the Arabic language that we mentioned before, the beauty of the Arabic language. Atta zurtumul maqabir. Zurtumu means to visit, which comes from the word ziyara, zurtumu. Yeah, and this indicates that okay, what people will ask, why when you when people when Allah said you go to the graves, it means ziyara. Ziyara means visiting for a short time only, right? So mm-hmm. here is the beauty of the the Quran, whereby the subtle meanings there is with a lot of meaning. Meaning that uh, this points to that we are only in the cover for just a temporary amount of time, no matter how long that we might think of it. And 
uh, one day we will be resurrected. And this is what we mentioned before in the first part. This is the refutation to the Quraysh, the uh, Mushrikeen of Quraysh, that they didn't believe that there will be a day of judgment. Like one of them, they went to Rasulullah Sallam. He he took the bones, you know, he scattered the bone and said, "How can someone be resurrected from this?" Yeah? So Subhanallah, this is the way Allah refutes them through the Quran. So Mashallah, this is one of the gems of the Quran that uh, of the Arabic language in the Quran, and. So, until you visit the graves. So, for the one who is distracted with takathur, meaning the competition uh, in worldly life would leads him to distraction, it may appear that he is doing well in life and he feels honored by Allah because uh, he has abundant risk. Allah gave, his, uh, gave it to his hard work that he sometimes he attributes it to his, his himself. So that I work so hard for this wealth, you know, look, look at my wealth now. And he lives comfortably until one day the angel of death comes to visit him without a split second of delay. And then he realizes that he has to leave his body, that he cannot return to his body anymore. And so three things send him to the grave, but only one thing will stay, stay with him. His family weeps for him, but eventually they will have to go home. His wealth mm -hmm. is suddenly not his anymore and it becomes distributed to others. And what remains is the acts of obedience to Allah that he did, his amal saleh. But at-takathur had distracted him in this worldly, worldly life from investing in the akhirah. And suddenly he realizes that his scales will be light, subhanAllah. And as Asadi mentioned in this tafsir <clears throat> and the commentary on this ayah, as a consequence of attakathur, man's heedlessness remains until they visit the graves. So, in fact, this is the very definition of istidraj. You know, istidraj means Allah punishing one of His servants not by afflicting him with uh, calamities or uh, a punishment in the dunya, calamities in this dunya, but instead giving him more and more. So it feels like it appears like Allah is mm -hmm. honoring him through risk and wealth, but. Prophet ﷺ mentioned that if you see Allah giving someone what he loves in this world despite his obedience, so that's the key, despite his disobedience, it is to gradually increase his punishment. Then Rasulullah ﷺ recited the verse from Surah Al-An'am, ayah number 44. It's, uh, the meaning is, when they forgot that of which they had been reminded, Allah opened for them the doors of every good thing in this dunya until when they became proud of what they were given, uh, Allah seized them suddenly and then they were in despair. SubhanAllah. Meaning that Allah mm. allows the person to increase in sin okay. until he leaves this world. SubhanAllah. May Allah protect, protect us from that. And then this is the very mm. big danger of attakathur, the competition that does not benefit in the hereafter. Mm. Yeah, SubhanAllah. Yeah, so an example of that is, for example, Fir'aun. Fir'aun was very rich in his yeah. life. If you live during your lifetime, you're like, ooh, you know, this guy is getting yeah. all that stuff, right? It's definitely not a sign yeah. that Allah loves him. <laughs> yeah, Karun. Karun, yeah, yes. Karun, Karun, right? Karun. If, if you live in their lifetimes, you're like, you'll, be, you'll probably be amazed, you know, ooh. Like, mashallah, mm. you probably even say mashallah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but and then also yeah. another uh, point, point of istidrash is also, you know how they, they, they there's a phrase, a common phrase that says that, Money exposes your true colors, right? Mm, money, yes. there's a quote that says something like, Money doesn't change people, it just exposes their true colors. So, if you're a good person, 
then that money like that we said just now Rajul Sol, eh, you'll spend it for the path of good right but if let's say you have that inherent uh, naughty stuff inside deep within and then that mm. money is suddenly opening up a door you're like finally I can unleash my ah, you know yeah, what I mean no. <laughs> now and I can so, do what I want huh? <laughs> right now you can do what yeah. you want right and so you start unleashing your rebellious stuff and all these things and then so Istidraj is like you do that stuff and I'll give you more wealth And you do some more, yeah. right? And you escalate, 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 escalate some more. Definitely, that, that's mm. not a sign that Allah loves you. In fact, that's probably a sign that Allah is displeased with you and wants to give more evidence against you on the day of judgment. Yeah, so, so may Allah protect us. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They can give an example of that. It's like about Isidrash. It's like, like you know, you have a dog. You know, say someone has a dog, yeah? Mm. And, and that dog dislikes the the, the, the the owner. Even though the owner is a nice, nice owner, but he dislikes. So what, one day, and, he, and, and on every opportunity, the dog... Wants to run away from the owner, so what the owner does is he puts a leash around the dog's neck, but not just any leash; it's a really super long leash, yeah. And 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 now the dog feels like, oh, I'm actually free. I can run as fast as possible. <laughs> then he ran from from the owner. He ran, and then because he had such distance to cover, his speed builds up more and more and more, until until the leash yank. And the point mm. around the neck will feel more pain compared to if it's a small, a shorter leash. Oh, subhanallah. Oh, <laughs> just very, like the very, Arya just now, right? Very typical. Just like Arya yes. just now, right? We seize them yes. suddenly. Oh. Yes, we seize them suddenly. Mm. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah, that's true. You very graphical of, representation. Of, 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 of yeah, Tafadal, okay. Like, yeah. a, I think this this second Arya, because a lot of, a side point, actually, uh, scholars actually put this Second ayah also among the ten dalil in the Quran that prove there is as a, a, a punishment in the in the in the in the kubur, because people keep saying there's nothing in the Quran that says there is life in the after death in the in the, in the grave, but no, this is this is one ayah proof that otherwise, <coughs> because the word ziarah there. Ah, oh, mashallah, mashallah, barakallahu fikum. Very good. Yeah, I mean also in regards to us being suddenly the next day perhaps someone is alive the next day someone is uh, being taken away to the qabr you know even for me it was just a few days ago that one of my colleagues that we work with together in many occasions uh, suddenly passed away so we see a lot of these examples around us you know people that you appear that one day they, they will have no sign that they will go away the next day to the akhirah but then the next day you suddenly learn of the news and then then you you will not meet them anymore you know so people will give you and remember you through nice obituaries but as time passes you slowly become forgotten and becomes only a memory that people mention in passing mm. you know from time to time so this is something very uh, important for us to remember that each and every one of us will face this this moment that we will Um, be taken away from this life so the question is there always make sure what have you prepared for it you know always make sure that you live each day as if this is your last as people always say right but not in enjoyment in the worldly life but <laughs> striving to have ikhlas and ihsan in the obedience of Allah you know Allah mentioned ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Or believers have taqwa of Allah as he should be feared and do not die except as Muslims. Meaning, 
in total submission to Allah. And another ayah Allah said, Ya ayuhan, ya ayuhan ladhina amanu dukhulu si, Ya ayuhan ladhina amanu dukhulu fi silmi kafah. All believers enter into Islam completely and perfectly. So it's not up to us to pick and choose what is from Al-Islam according to our uh, fancies or desires. We It's on us to learn about the religion, get knowledge about it, and with that knowledge, we we uh, practice it and we go into the obedience of Allah until we leave this world. So that's, that's the standard that we should aim for um, in this dunya. Inshallah. Mm, inshallah. Yeah, one thing I want to add as well. Um, there's a very subtle, concise reminder here about accountability. So all that wealth you've been hoarding and for if you haven't done it for the right intentions and if you die, it's not just like a cease of exist. You don't just cease to exist. You're going to the grave but that grave is only for a while. And then later on, you need to answer for all those whatever you've accumulated and as we know the hadith, the Prophet says that our feet will not move until, so this is down a few things that we question about and about our wealth, how we got it and how we spent it. So it's also telling us that, you know, it's not like you can do your stuff, ciao, and then, okay, you know, wash your hands, you're done. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. Whatever you're done, oh. you can answer for that. Yeah, yeah. subhanAllah. Subhanallah. I like the, 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 the verse that her brother Reza quoted about do not die unless you're a Muslim, right? It does give a, a, a different perspective about notion that you only live once live to the fullest mm. you only live one live to the fullest yeah yes how yes. many people right now yeah that their life in the grave is longer than their life in this world mm. Mm. almost everybody yeah? except for only our everybody. generation right now correct yeah. and where are they now how are they now we don't know so mm. somebody in the future will see the same thing about, about us later on oh this guy yeah, and he, he has passed away more than his than his actual life on the on, on earth Mm. Yes, Allah. After a hundred years, we definitely will not be here anymore. It's safe to say that after a hundred years or so. So if people you know, know we'll face this. Mm. Yeah. And people will yeah. perhaps not remember us anymore, you know. So yeah. there's yes, an Athar uh, narrated um from well, uh, one day Uthman bin Affan, he was at the the Baqit, Baqi al Gharkat in uh, near Masjid Nabawi. So he was attending one of the processions. So he, while he was standing there, um, after a while he cried. He cried and he cried until his beard became wet. So the companions during that time, he was asking him, why, why are you crying? Ya Amir al-Mu'minin, why are you crying? So he said, uh, so, so he said, I'm not crying because of such and such, but I'm crying because I, re I, I reflect on the fact that the grave is the first destination of the uh, the, the, the akhirah. So when the when your when your life in the grave in the barzakh is good, everything after that will be good. But on the contrary, if your life in the barzakh in the makbara are, uh, is is bad, like you have a you you have a bad life, then everything from there is just gonna be you know uh, worse and worse until waliyazubillah tossed in jahannam. So that's that's really something to for us to think about, you know, because it's it's quite it's it's really scary, especially when you think about um, the the hadith of Barra ibn Azib. The, the the when when I heard of, when I hear this name of the companion Barra ibn Azib, I always think of the the, the hadith of uh, the grave. Mm. I think all of us have heard about about that. Most of us, inshallah. 
yeah. right where the prophet sallallahu he Salam. sort of in detail right it's a very long hadith in detail he 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 said one by one what will happen to the ruh or the, the soul of the believer and what will happen to the soul of the disbeliever so it's it's one is it's a very sweet hadith so may may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know make us from those who will die as believers and you know we will have a good life even in the in the grave inshallah I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Uh, just on a lighter note, lah. Uh, just for some levity, yeah. Uh. So that just now, Reza said that we won't be here after a hundred years. So I just remember having a conversation with my with our friend last night. So when my when our daughter was born last year in August, so immediately we registered her for tabung haji for for go for going for Hajj to register for her for her Hajj. I see. And uh, you know, yeah. So you know <laughs> what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then what, what they'll do is they'll tell you roughly the estimate year that you alloc- allocation which you'll go for Hajj so you know which yeah. year she'll be going? Uh, 2163 2163 oh, that's like so she'll only be like uh, years. about 140 years old mm, 140 years. Inshallah, when she does a Hajj <laughs> hopefully five cars will be commercial <laughs> by that time <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> okay, alhamdulillah. So, so the, continuing on the next verses. Um, so this is the next verses, uh, ayah um, number three, four, and five. Uh, Allah mentions, "Kalla sawfa ta'alamun, thumma kalla sawfa ta'alamun. Kalla lau ta'alamun ilma liyakin. Know you are going to know, and then know you are going to know." No, if you only knew with the knowledge of certainty, subhanallah. Uh, Sa'di mentioned that if you only knew with certainty if what is ahead of you, then hoarding worldly things would not have occupied your time and would ru- and you would rush to perform the righteous deeds. But I would like to point an interesting thing here. Allah uh, reminds us three times, you know, like you will definitely know, you, you will definitely know. No, you will definitely know with certainty. And Allah It's a sign that Allah wants to tell us that we will most definitely witness the truth. Uh, and it's a very strong reminder. And to give you just a point of reference, um, you know, when we look back in hindsight in our lives and then you have the experience to give advice to others, then you tell people, oh, you should do this and you should do that. You know, trust me because I know. But this, this is Allah telling us what will happen, definitely happen in the future. So emphasizing it that repeatedly. So it's something that we really have to pay attention to. And Allah mentioned in the next ayah, لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ You will surely see the hellfire. SubhanAllah. The hellfire is, is no joke, brothers and sisters. It's not something that um, we just passing in our thoughts that, oh, it's just the hellfire. No, it's, it's something, w- the worst thing that you can imagine. You know, and every human being will definitely pass by it without exception, even the prophets. What I mean by passing by it is passing on the sirat, which is the bridge in, on the day of judgment, which is across the hellfire. You know, this bridge is thinner than a piece of hair and it has hooks and thorns, you know, ready to snatch people into the hellfire. Subhanallah. If you really reflect, you know, how would be our condition with where our lives is going uh, in this day and age, how we might cross this bridge, you know, it's really scary, brothers and sisters. Um, and 
the crossing of this bridge is not based on skill or luck. Yeah, it's not based on that at all. Not based on training or whatever. Ah, no, no master pako will be be safe that day. It will be directly related to how you were in this dunya in regards to your obedience with Allah, right? So, some people will cross it as quick, like the blink of an eye, like a lightning, and some will receive some scratches here and there, but they safely make it, uh, alhamdulillah, to the next, the next uh, destination, which is a good news for them. But unfortunately, some will be snatched into the hellfire. Waliyatubillah. And, you know, this is a big reminder that um, the one who is excellent in their deeds in this dunya will also be given a light to cross the sirat. While for some others, they will, it will be pitch black for them and they will be begging to the ones which has light like please borrow uh, please give me some light you know begging them to borrow some light because they will not be able to see the sirat you know subhanallah so this is a very um, heart softening reminder that we will definitely pass every each and one of us will pass through the sirat and the question is what have you prepared to pass uh, on that day you know what have you prepared from your righteous deeds and that's the only thing that will save you on that day. Subhanallah. And Allah after that mentioned again, ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ means the eye of certainty. Then you will surely see it with the eye of certainty. So he, he repeatedly again uh, mentions to us that definitely you will see it. Yeah? Uh, we will definitely witness it with definite certainty. There will be no doubts whatsoever in regards to that. So this is something, subhanAllah, we, we reflect uh, over and over again. We find that, subhanAllah, it's, it's a very beneficial um, verses that reminds you of the Akhirah. Yeah, maybe and, I just add a little bit. Um, yeah. So I remember we discussed about the differences between Makiyah and uh, Madanin Surah. So Makiyah has this characteristic of challenge. So this is one of that. This is this these five verses, group of five ayat here. Uh, that challenged the Quraysh. So if you look at the books of Tafsir, for example, you have scholars such as Hassan al-Basri and al-Bahak say that this is a threat after threat. So it's like Allah is like right. threatening them. You will come to know. You will come to know. So if, And then if you think about it, right? So first of all, the word Kalla, so I remember uh, on our lectures on Tafsir, Kalla is actually a, one of those words that are exclusive for Makian, Makian ayat. Mm, so you, okay. Yeah, you typically will not find kalla in Madani ayat. So that's an interesting point to note. Sure. And kalla is actually, like most translations will just say no, right? But it's actually meaning much deeper than that. It actually, is, it's like a threat. It's like, yeah, Indeed, it's very no. difficult to describe. Huh? What? Mm. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like scolding you. It's like, yeah, it's, it was, that, was that this? It's like... Um, I really know, like indeed, it's no. It's like, ah, like um, absolutely not. No, you know? yeah. The, yeah. Ah. yeah, absolutely not. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, it's like yeah. a scolding thing. It's, it's very difficult to translate. So this is one of the things. Yeah, the the English tra translations will lose the the beauty of the Arabic word, lah. Yeah. Because it's not as simple as just saying la. You know, like you're not saying no. It's actually something that's very very severe. And then, uh, if you look at the word, the 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 group of verses here, right? This ayat, these five ayat here. Actually, the central message is Latarawun Jahim that you will see hellfire. But look at the way Allah presents it. It's like, oh, you will come to know and then you will come to know. You will know with certainty. You will see hellfire. And then Allah circles back to the certainty. You will see with the eye of certainty. So 
it's all coming so, back to this this central the theme about hellfire and then just adds all those challenge challenge ayat that to just emphasize that point subhanallah mashallah very good point so after allah warns us of the hellfire with the very stern warning he also adds to uh, another warning in which is the last ayah of this uh, surah uh, allah mentions this is the questioning of the pleasures. And then you will surely be asked on that day, which is referring to the day of judgment, about the pleasures you indulged in. So as Sa'di mentioned, this is in reference to everything we enjoyed in this world, whether we thank Allah for them, or uh, we use them in His obedience, or whether you, we use them in His obe disobedience. And as Brother Faisal mentioned, alluded before in the previous uh, ayah, Rasulullah mentioned that the feet of the son of Adam will not move on the day of res resurrection, on the day of judgment, until he is asked about four matters. His body how he, and how he used it, his lifetime and how he exhausted it, his wealth yeah, and how he earned it and spent it. So earn, earnings also and spending, not just spending, right? Some people always mm. think about, okay, I'm spending in the right way, but Earning is also mm. needs to be clean and halal, right? Mm. And then lastly, his knowledge and how he acted upon it. And subhanAllah, these four things, if you think about it, covers every single aspect of what we are in this dunya now. Every single moment that we are living, we, are, we will be definitely asked about it, you know? SubhanAllah, you know, in regards to our body, our youth, our health, our lifetime, our knowledge and more importantly in regards to attakathur, our wealth and how we earned and spent it. SubhanAllah. Everything that Allah, Allah gave us, also our time, you know, our, our breathing, our hearing, eyesight, uh, our children, our parents, our abilities and our skills, this will be all asked by Allah. Like, what did you do with it? Did you um, do it? Did you use it? Uh, to gain my pleasure, meaning Allah pleasure, Allah's pleasure, or did you use it to disobey Allah? And did you uphold its amanah in regards to each and every one of these loans? Because in fact, these are not ours, right? It's this a loan from Allah. And subhanAllah, if we start to reflect on it, we we become very um, scared. And how many of these pleasures have we used in disobedience to Allah? So we must think and reflect on these brothers and sisters. Try visualizing with when you go to bed, perhaps when you go to bed tonight, if Allah does not wake us up tomorrow morning, what would be your biggest regret? Is, that, uh, is it that you didn't get that promotion at work? Or is it going to be, as Allah says, uh, one, of, one of the people, when they reach the hereafter, they will say, Rabbana abasarna wa sami'na Oh Allah, we have definitely seen and we have heard. So return us to the world. They will be pleading to Allah to return them to the world so that we will work righteousness. Because indeed, we are now certain. And this is from Surah As-Sajdah, Ayah number 12, right? So when, but for those who have reached that point, it would have been too late. You know, but however, how long, as long as we are alive now, Allah is continually giving this, the chance and the opportunity to return to Him. And it's not never too late to come back to Allah and rectify ourselves 
for that day of accounting, no matter what you've done in your life, because Allah is Al Rafur Rahim, Allah is most forgiving and He is most merciful. And with a sincere repentance, inshallah, Allah will wipe out all your sins. So, as long as we're living now, brothers and sisters, use the opportunity to wake up and turn back to Allah, no matter where you are, what, what point you are in, in your life. So, subhanAllah, this is the point of re reflection for, for us. And in fact, these verses of Surah at takathur uh, especially the last one, they serve as a reminder not to paralyze us into despair and inaction, but to, to wake us up into action and motivation. Uh, there's an interesting quote by Sheikh Saleh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah. He said, uh, we are none but, but a number of days that can be counted, me meaning me and you. So as long as you are given good health in peace and prosperity, you must hasten to busy yourself with the obedience of Allah. So every moment counts and we need to prepare our provisions for the akhirah and more than you invest in this dunya because the, the journey, brothers and sisters, the journey will be long and the opportunity for farming our deeds is very short, you know, 50 years versus 50,000 years. So imagine that. Mm -hmm. and, and I would like to close with this golden piece of advice we heard when we interviewed one of our guests, Ustaz uh, Sharif Al-Arbi. Uh, in the in the podcast as well, there's a famous saying that goes, "Makana dillahi damun wa tasal, wa makana liqayrillah inqata wanfasil." Any deeds that were done sincerely for the sake of Allah will remain with Allah and will continue to last, and any deeds that were done other than the sake of Allah will be cut off and separated. You know, brothers and sisters, even if you don't see the fruits of your labor uh, at this moment in time, know that Allah is aware of each and every good that you do and He will repay you in more than you can imagine in the Akhirah. Shaykh Saleh al-Usaymi, Hafidahullah, he mentioned in a different context. And as heavy as you feel the striving for good is at this moment, because sometimes striving for good makes us tired. You know, the tiredness, he says, the tiredness will be gone. And the good, good deeds will remain and be preserved with Allah on the condition that you are sincere to Allah and you do good deeds according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yesterday during the tadabur of uh, Surah Al-Insan, we spoke about the characteristics of the righteous people, right? The Al-Abrar, who when they were giving sadaqah, they didn't expect any reward from the people and they didn't expect people to thank them. But they only... Seek, sought the face of Allah they did it for the sake of Allah so, so the point of reflection here is that we should try to practice that on all of our deeds not just sadaqah but every, every of our acts of obedience to Allah that when we do an act of ibadah don't expect any praise or appreciation from others and you just do it for the sake of Allah intending for the reward with Allah so may Allah make us uh, of the abrar and and also yeah uh, i just add one one final note okay uh, also be aware of oppression especially to others uh, for example backbiting so that you can preserve the good deeds that you do because the one in the akhirah who mm. is bankrupt 
will have to give the good deeds away to the people that have oppressed in the dunya. So they will have to compensate that person in the akhirah with the deeds that you compare. So a person might be striving, doing a lot of good deeds, appearing well, but at the same time, they do a lot of riba, a lot of namima, you know, backbiting other people. So in the akhirah, they will have to give away all this tiredness, all these good deeds to those people that they, they hated in the dunya. So imagine that. So you have to remember to always preserve your deeds. That do the righteous deeds and preserve it by refraining from all that is uh, uh, disobedient to Allah, right? So, and in regards to doing the best deeds, in regards to uh, the obedience of Allah, to plan and invest in your akhirah, some of us might think that, you know, I have, not, I have got nothing to offer for the religion of Allah because I'm not an ustaz or I have very limited knowledge. But the key here is not, is not that because Allah puts you in every situation. Allah understands your situation and Allah puts you in your specific situation knowing full well what you are going through. So the key here is to make use of the pleasures of Allah that he has given you in this dunya for your akhirah. So ponder on that because everyone has a talent and or skill because no matter who, who you are, you have something that you can use, that you can invest in your akhirah uh, for the sake of Allah. So use that to build your akhirah, and never, even, never ever belittle your contribution for the sake of Allah, because Allah appreciates all good deeds, no matter how small it is. You know, so it might be small, but when your ikhlas is big in that in that deed, Allah may recognize it. Allah may recognize your striving on it, and it may be just the reason that Allah is pleased with you and Allah grants you his mercy and overlooks all your sins and uh, grants you paradise for that. So, subhanAllah, the, the, verse, the verses of this um, surah is very, it's admonishing verses, but it's actually, it really motivates us, you know, motivates us to do something good for our lives for the sake of the akhirah, for the sake of Allah, to invest in the akhirah. So, when, when every time you recite this ayah, uh, this ayah from Surah At-Takathur, reflect on what you are going through in your life. Where, where are you standing in the situation in your life in regards to your status with Allah? And try to rectify it by giving the best to Allah. Because every one of us, we are given the abilities and Allah will definitely ask us of all these pleasures in the Akhirah. So, alhamdulillah, this, this concludes... Uh, my part of the uh, uh tadabur so if anyone wants to add to it tafaddal ikhwan so i just want to backtrack a bit because i i, I yeah. missed out the, the first uh four five six seven uh, four five six and seven i just want to uh, add a bit uh, uh points because brother faisal mentioned about allah mentioned about the certainty of jahannam and then brother is also mentioned about taking heed from this from lessons from the surah about jahannam yeah because when we talk about certainty there's three levels of certainty the lowest level of certainty is when when you acquire knowledge about it. Yeah. So you know, okay, this thing is real because I know about it. Someone tell me about it. The Dalit of Quran spoke about it. Yeah. And then yeah. the higher level of certainty is when you actually witness it. So this is also the type of certainty is mentioned in, the, in this hadith. Yeah. You actually, people will actually see it. So the moment they see it, they believe it. Yeah. Mm, but there's a third, right. there's a third level of certainty. And that's the haqqul yakin. The Certainty that that occur when you actually experience it, yeah. It's like mm -hmm. someone tell me, Makkah is a beautiful place. Okay, I know. 
Then you actually went there. To, oh, mashallah, I see it. Mm. So yeah, then I see it. Google map. Oh, this nice. Then when I go mm. there, mashallah, it's, I experience the the blessing of that of that town. This is exactly yeah. like how Jahannam is. When Allah give you all this dalil, you should start to take heed. Number one. Because if not, then on the day of judgment, everybody will witness it, and at that time they'll be they'll be scared. Yeah, they'll be scared. But at that time they can't do anything. But they know the mu'min at that time they'll know. I will only see it. And then comes the yeah, third, the third level of certainty. Nauzubillah, may Allah protect all of us from it. Yeah, is the mm. actual the actual experience of it, the hakku yakin. So we start with ilmu yakin, and then ainu yakin, and then hakku yakin. And Muslim, they take hit from the first two. Actually, Muslim take hit on the first one. From 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 nasihat, they take they take hit. Because if you don't if you if you don't take hit, they will only regret on that day. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Mashallah. Mashallah. And actually, interestingly, this actually bounces off a point which uh, we recited from Surah Al Insan yesterday. So the people who give for the sake of Allah, right? La nuridu minkum jazaa'an wa la shukura. Yeah. And then what did they say after that? Inna nakhafu min Rabbina yawman abusan qamtariro. So actually, they give out of the fear of this day. Actually, so hmm. the point here is the fear is not just like uh, you know scare tactics to you like you know like bedtime tale tales. You know, it's, that's not the point. The point here is that when you're given this threat here, it should make you productive so that you find a means to protect yourself. Because as much as there is a threat, also it is in the same scripture. Also, Allah tells you how to save yourself. Ah, that's the point. Yeah, it's Allah. it's always it's always something that's positive, like move forward. Right? It's not it's not just like fear. Oh, as the Hokkien people say, "Bopianwa no choice song." <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't, I'll just add also on the last ayah which Reza uh, mentioned. Actually, a couple of things that come to mind when we talk about uh, when we question about our wealth, how we earn it, how we spent it. So I think a lot of people, uh, I think all of us here, as at the Barakah Effect and perhaps also many of our listeners out there, we earn our money through a paycheck, right? A periodic paycheck. We have a, we are permanently employed, for example, or maybe contract employment and so on. And we get paycheck after certain certain months, right? We'll be questioned mm-hmm. how we earn that. So if you have a certain responsibility that you need to fulfill to get that, but let's say you've been slacking off for whatever reason, right? But the system doesn't catch you slacking off, right? But mm. Allah Azza wa Jal knows. So if you're supposed to fulfill a certain number of hours, but you know you spend a certain hours watching Instagram or whatever it is, right? Or be sleeping on the job, all these things. The system mm-hmm. doesn't catch it, right? Timesheet will not detect that. Punch card says you're, okay, you fulfill the hours, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Allah Azza wa Jal knows that and the barakah will be deprived from that and you'll be questioned for that. Right, so be, ca- be be careful about that. I think these are t- sometimes we tend to be a bit, we tend to be a bit uh, complacent about this because there's certain you know like for us there's a certain time of the the month, right? Maybe mm. you know 29th of the month or something like that. 30th of the month. Okay, check the bank, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of take it for granted, like it's it's gonna come anyway. But in the sight of Allah, as a Muslim, you know that you know if you fall short, actually you'll be questioned for that. So yeah, Smile. just just be careful a bit about that. Smile. And also how you spend it as well. I think it's. It's a time for us to reflect how much have the, out, out of that paycheck that we get, we spend for our money, so we spend. So just look at the things that you've been spending on. And I don't mean I don't mean to scare everyone, but you know, like for example, like if you pay for things, right? Sometimes how much how much you take for granted, for example, if you pay for your subscription service, for example, for your cable TV, for your Netflix, right? You'll be questioned for that, huh? So why do you do mm-hmm. this? So maybe you have justification. Oh, I want to I want to let my children watch uh, you know. Documentaries, uh, educational documentaries, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you have an answer, and if that's sincere for the sake of Allah, okay, that's your answer. And I say, 
along the way tu adalah I watch couple of episodes here and there. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Uh, okay, you answer, you answer. If you have answer, you answer. It's okay, kan? Right? <laughs> so I mean, the point, the point here is like everything will be will be will be questioned. You think like oh you. Because sometimes in this dunya, when you say your boss catches you, right, you'll come up with lame excuses like mm. red herrings, distractions, all these things, right? Oh, in in yeah. in day of judgment, oh no red herrings, ah, huh? <laughs> Allah knows the truth, yes. and there's no lying, yes. yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think I think it's But just for us to answering reflect. the nigman, right? Even there's a hadith that says that Allah will also question us that we got it, that we got in this world. Don't talk about the fine dining. Don't talk about the, the excessive. Uh, the, the the extraordinary food that we that we order at at, at five star restaurant, but even the plain glass of water, Allah will question us on that day for that iman. Yes, actually, there's a hadith that ex- uh, exactly says that. Uh, I want to quote this hadith because <coughs> this hadith was quoted in the tafsir in tafsir ibn Kathir. This hadith was quoted in explaining this last ayah. Actually, so this hadith is narrated. I think it's also in Bukhari, but this is definitely in Sahih Muslim. So very interesting hadith. So one day the Prophet sallallahu he was out of out of his house. Now back in those days, I think it was on one night lah. It was a basically mm. a time where you don't expect people to be hanging out at night. So and then when he was just hanging out, he saw Abu Bakar and Omar. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "Why are you out here?" And then they, they said, "Yeah, Rasulullah, we're hungry. That's why I was outside of our house." And then you know what the Prophet said, "Wallahi, by the what by him whose hand my, is my life, the reason that you're out is so the reason I'm out. I'm also hungry." Oh, it's quite. quite uh, three best men. The three best mm. men, yeah. No yeah, three best men, and they were hungry. Yeah, at night. Yeah, that's why they were outside. Yeah, they were looking. Yeah, they were out of hunger. Yeah, so uh, Then they went to this Ansari house, well, men of the Ansar, and then uh, and then the wife, uh, the wife of the Ansar man saw him. Say, welcome, we are Rasulullah Sallallahu And then uh, the Prophet Sallallahu says, oh, where is so and so? That means where's your husband? So, oh, he went to get some water for us. And then basically, okay, cut story short. And then they saw, and then the man came back, the Sahaba came back, and they saw that, oh, wow, these are honored guests. Okay, I'm going to serve you all. And then so he, okay, cut, cut the story short. He basically slaughtered a sheep, and then he served them. So then the Prophet saw Salam. He, all of them had, had had the meal, and at the end of the meal, he said what? He said, uh, let me see, yeah, by him he, whose hand is my life, you will be questioned about this bounty on the day of judgment. Oh, that, that one meal. Just enough for that simple meal that you're fulfilled for the day. Why? Because you came out. Allah hunger brought out of, brought you out of your houses, and you didn't return until your tummies are now full. So even that one meal, yeah, which is not really like a banquet, ah, it's nothing compared to the iftar that we have today, yeah. Iftar yeah. that you had last night also, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like what I said, yeah. ah, even water, even basic meal like this, you'll be questioned for that. So I mean. It's it's not. I mean, okay. On one hand, it's like, uh, yeah, you'll be questioned for it, and if you have a justification, alhamdulillah, you have a justification, right? Uh, so mm. I mean, it's it's not it's not being questioned is not a bad thing, yeah. I mean, that's why even mm. yeah, anti corruption, yes. anti corruption, right? If you have nothing to hide, nothing to hide, lah. They say, oh, you had, yeah. Like, for example, we talk about this before. Oh, we haven't released the episode, right? <laughs> we talk about like <laughs> sneak some peek. of the uh, sneak peek, right? So some of the mechanisms <laughs> they have for fighting corruption is like uh, what declaration of wealth? Oh, what do they call it again? Yeah, you have to declare what what you have, right? But hmm. if you earn it, earn it halal, declare lah. Okay lah, you check lah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Exactly. So same thing, you know, <laughs> if you have done nothing wrong, then you have nothing to fear. But at the same time, yeah. it also keeps you in check. check oh, really? Uh, is this, uh, you know, I mean, you gotta really ask yourself lah. So all hmm. this kind of puts you in a bit of perspective and be more mindful in how you live your life lah. Hmm. Can I, like, like yesterday's... Uh, Uh, surah uh, tafsir by by brother Shamin talks a lot about the central theme of humility, right? When I my take to this mm. 
when I listen to some of the Tafsir lectures for, for, for this particular attacker, it brings me a lot of themes about, about Shukur, about Zuhud, about understanding the real worth of, 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 uh, of, of uh, wealth. Yeah? Like, like what Brother uh, Faisal mentioned about, about the hadith, right? So every shukur, every blessings that Allah has given us, we should make shukur of it, minimum. Yes. But even though we make shukur of it, and how? We, by, 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 by saying Alhamdulillah, by using whatever Allah has given you into, into path that Allah is pleased with. Either you mm. spend it on, on, to your family, uh, or give sadaqah, whatever. Yeah? Don't do it for maksiat, the, 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 the bare minimum. Yeah? And, and also, uh, doesn't mean we neglect, we reject uh, worldly matters, worldly, worldly asset and material. Doesn't mean that way. Okay? I just want to, from that uh, hadith, talk about it. Like uh, that, even a glass of water will be questioned on the day. So there was a, there was a story by Hassan al Basri. So one day he was invited to attend a feast, a meal by someone of his friends, and then apart there, there's some there's some Sufi uh, in in the, in that in that in that gathering too. So he, mashallah, the friend the the, the companion cooked a, a storm like a really nice meal, yeah. So they started eating, but this particular man, the Sufi, they didn't eat. He didn't mm. eat. Mm-hmm. Then he was like. Almost like in the verse of crying, weeping. So Hassan obviously got annoyed. Then he's like, uh, then said, give him a glass of water. Then say, why, why do you want? Why don't you want to uh, eat? Allah, he will be asked for this day for this meal. Say that the person. Then he drank the water. Then Hassan said, yeah, that glass of water will be definitely asked for, for, for on the day of judgment. Now you eat. So meaning, we we should be zuhud from from this world, no doubt. Yeah, but. We should be doesn't we should be more passionate on the, of the akhirat. Yes, yes. It's no point you're zuhud in this world and you're zuhud in the akhirat. That's miskin, man. Yes. You're Basically, understanding understanding the real meaning of zuhud. That's right. right? Yeah. But passion yeah. of akhirat, passion of akhirat. You want to hmm. because there's one hadith say that when when a man grows old, everything deteriorates except for two things. What are these two things? His greed and his ambition. Oh, yeah. uh, His ambition will never win off. Yeah, but then some. Yeah. But mashallah, I heard a, a, a elaboration of this also tafsir from this lecture. Subhanallah, he, he gave a absolute twist. Like when we say greed and ambition, we always ne- related to something negative. Yeah, but say no, brothers and sisters, look. When you grow old, you still have that greed and ambition. There's no doubt, human nature. Now, put your ambition to something higher. Before that, mm. maybe when you're young, you want to be. Prime Minister, President, CEO. Now you want Jannah. Now you mm. upgrade your ambition. Last time you have greed for money, mm. greed for position. Now no, now greed for Amal Saleh. So mm. you make use of your human nature for something that, that will please Allah. Yeah? So Zuhud yeah, so doesn't mean you completely cut off everything and no, you, you use the money, you use what wealth Allah has given you as nikmat for something that will benefit you on, on Akhirat. Zuhud is uh, someone who's not zuhud, meaning he, whatever Allah has given him, he doesn't use it for akhirat. He doesn't use it for something that will benefit him on akhirat. So that's not a person who's not zuhud. Someone who's zuhud, he, whatever Allah has given him, he's not attached to that, to that, to that wealth, and he uses that wealth for something that will benefit him in akhirat. Mashallah. Mm, yeah, you remind me of an ayah of Quran, I think it's Surah Al-Qasas, right? Wa betaghi fi ma ataqullah. Yeah, seek what uh, the means of the dude. Uh, yeah, the means of this dunya, but don't forget your portion of this dunya to meet that final final means uh, to that effect mm. of Gamakal. Okay, mashallah. Um, 
Yeah, so brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us on our live session. I did notice that we still have a pretty bad connection now. Uh, apologize yeah. for that. We don't. Yeah. We have no explanation what's happening behind the scenes. We hope that uh, you are seeing it well. I hope it's just on our end. <laughs> But if you're seeing it bad, uh, we really apologize for that. It's beyond our control. So we'll try our best, inshallah. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. So just like to go around, brothers, one last time. Uh, if there's anything, any last words to add from uh, from the brothers? For for our tadabur on surah at takathur. Can can I quote what Ibn Qayyim say about this about, about this surah? Just just this is my yeah. my yes. So Ibn Qayyim say this is one of the shortest surah that combines three things. It combines mm. nasihat advice, it combines threat, and it combines promise. And this surah will will be will benefit to those who think. So that's what mm. Ibn Qayyim when he talks about this surah. So, uh, it will benefit what sorry. Those who, who ref- reflect, huh? Reflect. Oh, those who reflect. Oh, those who think. Yeah. Okay. Those who okay. think and reflect. Yeah. Okay. So, so on that note, try and next time you recite this surah in the solah or you hear it in the masajid, try and reflect on the meanings of this surah and contemplate. Inshallah, it will may Allah make it beneficial for all of us. I mean, that's a very good point. I think that's a good point to uh, to to close on. Um, when we choose surah like this, uh, it's because most of us memorize it already. So when you now now recite it with this consciousness in mind, in fact, there's no harm. In actually, you want to repeat the same surah again and again and again. Some companions used to do that, right? Because out of their yeah. love for the surah. So sometimes you've heard some of these points that shared by Brother Riza and the other brothers here, right? So just recite it again and again and again if you want to really internalize the message. Because we know, for example, one companion he recites Qul Hu Allah Hu Ahad all the time. Right, and then the Prophet yeah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "Ask him why did he does he do that? Because oh, because I love it. Because he talks about Allah." And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, "Tell him that Allah loves him because he loves that surah." Mashallah. So, Mashallah. and it's not a long surah, right? If if if, if that surah was Surah Al Baqarah, people are like, oh. <laughs> "It's kulo Allah had, right?" It's not hamdulillah. Yeah. So yeah. same thing as well with the surah. So there's no harm. Just recite again, and again, so that you really, really feel the power of the message. And uh, as as I may say, the three themes which Imam Qayyim mentioned here. Inshallah. Inshallah. So Alhamdulillah, brothers and sisters, we've come to the end of our tadabbur on Surah At-Takathur on Treasures from Quran. We'd like to say Jazakallah Khairan, Brother Riza, for his uh, sharing. MashaAllah. Uh, very good timing. I think we. I think when you ended your uh, sharing, it was like just on the dot one hour. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Wonderful. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, once again to our listeners out there, apologize for the uh, connection if you are experiencing this right now, just as what we're seeing here. Inshallah. So we make dua that Allah Azza wa Jal give grants barakah to our discussion today and grants mm. us the istiqamah to act upon it and to share it with others and also mm. to grant us with a tip-top internet connection with the next session. Inshallah. <laughs> right, so uh, we'll see you for next week. And uh, next week we'll, we'll we'll resume back the once per week. So we'll have it on Sunday at 11 a.m. Yeah? So our next session will be on Sunday 11 a.m. So with that, inshallah, we conclude our session for today. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik wa nashadu alla ilaha illa anta wa nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Barakallahu fikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.